but I think there's a beauty in like owning your vulnerability and I think that's just kind of like the objective of just you know my life and just you know my music and the hurt book like you can once you like take power over your moments then you know you can play around with them like you know you can joke about them you can laugh about them you can cry and stop crying you know you just just taking the power back Welcome back to Not 97. On today's episode, we tap in with R&B's breakout star, Alex Vaughn, as she visits New York at the height of opening for Ari Lennox on the sold-out Age Sex Location Tour. Alex discusses her hometown of Washington, D.C. and how that community shaped the artist she is. Known for open and honest lyricism, we talk through the power of owning your vulnerability. Alex tells us about her experience working with icons like Rodney Jerkins on her latest record, The Hurt Book, as well as collaborating with Summer Walker, Ari Lennox, and Money Long, and the importance of women working together, amongst more. Live from the studio and brought to you by The Orchard and Human Resources, this is not a podcast, this is not a radio show, this is Not 97. Enjoy. Alex Vaughn. What's up? Welcome to Not 97. Thanks for having me. Welcome to New York. Yes. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. You know, I was at my first Vogue ball last night, and it was a lot of fun, but I didn't get home till 5 a.m., so I'm loving how New York's kind of, like, turning me up little by little and a lot by a lot. (laughs) Fresh off tour or still on tour? Yes, we have six more shows left. It was a 34-date tour, and we have two shows in New York and then our last four in D.C. Yeah, supporting Ari Lennox. Yes. You're f- safe to say your biggest tour yet? This is my first tour. First tour. Yeah, so first and biggest. Yeah, how does far. it feel? It's incredible. Like, I have I love performing. I love my job. I love the fact that Ari is just super sweet and just so talented and just makes the space comfortable. And i just been learning and growing. And uh, and they were both in the same area, so it's just like it's a special synergy on the road. Yeah, yeah. Do you uh, you feel like you like tour life? Oh, I love tour life. Now I will say it's been a bit of an adjustment, you know, like knowing how to keep myself sane when on the road for like you know weeks at a time, or just how to preserve my energy. But overall, I love like touching new cities and performing for new crowds and just learning how to like tweak and freak my set and just make it better. I love it. Yeah. So, originally from PG County. I am. And spent some time, I guess D.C. is basically right there. Yeah, they're, like, right next door. They're um, I know that coming up, that kind of community was very big for you. Yes. I read that you had, like, started a live open mic series. Yeah, it's called AV Sessions. Uh, that's still going on. Yes, we started it in 2018, and it's been about five years strong. It's the third Wednesday of every month. It takes place in Northeast D.C., and it's just a safe space for any creatives from the area to come in and just perform and just get their 10,000 hours and just kind of build their tribe. Yeah. And uh, we have a live house band there, and they just perform, and anybody can go up and do their thing. So how important was, like, that community for you coming up, and how important is that community 
for you now? Oh, it's extremely important because I remember being an artist, you know, trying to get performance experience, but it felt like it was clicky. And that's the thing that I always hear in people's areas like, oh, man, like the scene is just clicky. I don't know how to get in. And I didn't want to force myself into a space. So I was like, let me just find a way to create my own. And, you know, just piece by piece and just with little conversations and setbacks, it just kind of it turned into AV sessions and I want for everyone to have an opportunity to, to, you know, to build their chops. Yeah. Yeah. And, and make, like I said, make their own tribe. It's, I think it's very important. Community is super important. Yeah. I didn't even realize until you said it, that the next run of shows is DC. So it's kind of your homecoming. Yeah. The, so when Ari announced the tour, she had two DC shows and they sold out immediately. So then she added two more. And they sold out, too. So the last four shows are going to be homecoming shows. I'm really excited. That's exciting. Feels like a full circle. I know. It's wild. You know, like this whole, the crowds in D.C., like these are the people I grew up performing around. These are the people I went to middle school and high school around. You know, this that's my community. So to be able to perform in front of them, it's like, it's super full circle. And at this capacity, ah! Yeah. <laughs> I've heard you describe your music as kind of feel-good life music. Mm -hmm. And I see kind of in your visuals, there's a tendency to kind of just show life happening. You know, yeah. like you're hanging out with your girls and talking, like, and so be it. You're driving around, you're going to the amusement park. I wonder, like, if you think about, I've been, I've been curious of, like, the context in which where we listen and how we listen to music. And mm -hmm. I wonder if you kind of think about that, of, like, where where people are listening, where people are living with your music. Yeah, you know, I think when I started getting these experiences that made me start writing about these songs, like, it wasn't like I wasn't doing anything extravagant, and it's not an extravagant feeling. You know, it's just a very human emotion to just know that things are changing, and I wanted it to just be as natural as possible and for people to know that, like, you can experience this at any time in any space in your life, whether... I mean, I didn't plan for it to be, like, that deep, but, you know, for real. Yeah. Like, it, it, you can listen to it, and you can take this in in any time, in any place, in any space. Yeah, I didn't want it to be too crazy because it's just human and regular, and it happens. Yeah. So I wanted people to just kind of, like, experience it the same way. Your music is very often very vulnerable, often very emotional. <laughs> uh, and and in, in saying that, you put a lot of yourself kind of on record. Has that always been your writing style? And what has that process been for you to kind of like get comfortable sharing that vulnerability with people? So when I first started writing music, it came from a place of like me not feeling like I was being taken seriously. So when I would write, it would always be like my most vulnerable because I felt like it was where I was the most understood. And that was just a natural thing. Just that was just how I expressed myself. But then as I started to like progress, people were like, oh, my God, like, yo, you really said something. Or when I got signed, I was like, you know, recording and writing new music and they're like you got to dig a little deeper so <laughs> I was like damn but and it, it was a very painful process and it could still be a little painful but I think there's a beauty in like owning your vulnerability and I think that's just kind of like the objective of just you know my life and just you know my music and the hurt book like you can once you, like, take power over your moments, then, you know, you can play around with them. Like, you know, you can joke about them, you can laugh about them, you can cry and stop crying. You know, you just, just taking the power back. Yeah. That's a 
a life lesson. Yes. Beyond just a creative lesson. Absolutely. I know even before the Hurt book, like kind of speaking of of showing your vulnerability, the your voice notes EP is literally like raw voice notes. Those are literal voice memos. <laughs> <laughs> what was what is that like getting to a point where you're comfortable showing people that? Oh, it was painful. <laughs> it was so <laughs> painful because, you know, all the songs that I create, like a, I'll say a strong 90% of the songs I create start off as a voice memo with myself and piano. And when I'm doing the voice memo, it's because, one, I'm not in a studio and I just need to get the idea out. And for the most part, the voice memos kind of stay voice memos. Like, I don't know what to do with them. I don't really know if I want to elevate it. I just wanted to get get the emotions off for that. Like, I kind of wanted to leave it alone. But, you know, when I got signed, we were just playing music and, you know, just everything and my team and their favorites, and they started mentioning some voice memos. And they were old songs, and I just felt like they were just garbage and bleh. But it was really a testament to show that, like, you know, this music is timeless and it doesn't speak to just you. And once you create a song, you know, it doesn't even belong to you anymore. So to see that people were like responding to these old ass songs, <laughs> it it felt good. And it, it helped me gain comfort in these stories that stuff that I was trying to like forget about for real, for real. Yeah. I mean, I think there's also like an added intimacy of it almost feeling like a live record. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it ultimately is a live record. Yeah. Did that, like, inspire you to at all to be, like, maybe I could lean in more on live recordings and kind of, like, more stripped down, you know, releasing more stripped down versions or just even more stripped down songs in general? As just being a musician, I love stripped down anything. I love writing to loops. I love working with musicians. So, and then, you know, when I first started creating music, like, that is how I started, just my voice and the keys. So, I, you know, I grew up with stripped down. Yes. Yeah. So I would never be opposed to it. Yeah. I know that historically you've, you know, written almost all of your own music. Mm-hmm. And is it is it fair to say, like, that with The Hurt Book is the first, maybe not the first time, but, like, bringing in more songwriters and producers and stuff to be around you? I would definitely say that The Hurt Book was, like, my first time collaborating, really collaborating with other writers. Yeah. And it's not because I was, like, opposed to working with other people. I just think for a long time I had this warped thought process that, you know, you weren't a good artist if you weren't writing everything yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I looked up to people who actually did write everything by themselves, like Stevie Wonder and Amy Winehouse. And uh, then I realized, no, like, the greatest art is when you kind of, like, collaborate with other people. So... I still enjoy writing things myself and I want to have my hands on everything. But like, you know, when you realize people like have skills and they got the vibe and we have the skill set and the vibe and that combination together just births something completely new, a whole new perspective. And I would never shy away from a potential new thing. So it's been great. I love collaborating with other artists. I love, I love teamwork. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I also think, I've talked to, a, I had a, a conversation with an artist a few days ago about about that of like being very precious about your work and writing it all yourself and then like getting to a point where you're like, I have so many incredible people around me. Yeah. Let me let them in. Yeah, because I mean like I only know what I know and you just sometimes know that this can go somewhere else. I just don't know. And all it takes sometimes is somebody to be like, go that way. 
or butter. And that's the missing word, you know, that, <laughs> that you've been looking for for the song. And uh, that's just so valuable. It's not a contest of who wrote the most or who is more... Exp it's just vibes and people just being creative and just collaborating together. And once that objective is just to make some great art, it just becomes even more fun and even e a little bit easier than when you're writing by yourself. Yeah. Because you get to a point when you're writing a song sometimes and you don't know, like I said, you don't know where to go with the next line and you just kind of have to leave the song alone. <laughs> or you try to bust your brain trying to figure it out and that can all be alleviated if you just work with your peers. Yeah. I mean, you had some legendary icons in the studio with you. I'm wondering what you learned from people like that, like working with Rodney and... Man, I think the biggest thing I learned is to be myself and just be free. You know, mm. when you get into these higher positions, you kind of feel like you got to be doing something differently. Like, you got to you gotta do something better. Like, something has to change. I don't know if there's, like, an immediate switch where you turn into this superstar or whatever, but I went to the space and realized that, like, we're already these people. Mm. And if we just sit in that pocket and just, like, accept and embrace who we are and where we are, then things just start to flow, you know? And... I'm a person, like many people, who can sometimes have imposter syndrome or feel like I just I can't be doing this right. <laughs> like, there's got to be more I could be doing. Am I enough? And I don't know. It was just like a reminder, like, yeah, you are. It was a, it was a, a nice reiteration, especially from a great, like, Rodney Jerkins. Yeah. It's so funny because what made Rodney Jerkins and I work together, he heard another voice note a song that I swear I would never want it to see or hear ever again. And I, you, you didn't know it was being sent to him? I did not know it was being sent to him. I had written the song in, like, 2013 or 2014. Like, it was just, like, it was just an old song. And that song was sent to him. I didn't know. And he loved it, and he wanted to work. And I was like, I'm just confused, like... I trust Rodney Jerkins and his taste levels, but, like, why does he like this song? And then that's when I had to realize, like, you know, Alex, you might be in your way a little bit. Like, But, um, yeah, it just... I think working with Rodney Jerkins and all the creatives that I've worked with, it's just like, Alex, just sit in your pocket and do you. That's how you got here, just doing you and being yourself. Yeah. You know, speaking of collaborators, you just dropped the bonus homegirl pack. I did. Featuring remixes and joints with Ari Lennox, Summer Walker, Money Long. How important was it for you to highlight these women on these remixes? Oh, it was super important to me. For starters, you know, there's always been, like, this stigma about the industry and how, you know, women are pitted against each other and we don't work together and we don't support each other. And it's just not true. I just want it to be deaded. And, you know, there's always... There's also, like, this narrative about R&B being dead, and it, it's just like, no, it's not. <laughs> and there are so many... I have so many talented and beautiful friends and know so many talented and beautiful women who just kill it all the time, and I just wanted them to be highlighted and to just show that we can join forces and, and be superheroes together. And on top of that, I'm, like, real fans of all three of them. So it was just an honor that they even took the time out to, like, share their gifts with me. And uh, Yeah, I was going to say, what, like, what does that mean to you, kind of, like, to have them on that? I felt like, you know, it was, it was just like a stamp, not only to, you know, the fact that we, you know, see each other and believe in each other's gifts, but just, like, just a stamp that, like, you know, we can do this together. And it doesn't have to be we're joining forces and being sad and being hurt or whatever the case is. Like, we can join forces and 
and grow and encourage other people to grow and to grow with their village or, you know what I'm saying? Just not doing it alone. You know, obviously with Ari specifically, you've been with her every night on the tour. Yeah. I guess how has that relationship grown both kind of personally and creatively and kind of what have you learned from from watching her on tour? So Ari has been super incredible. She's been super sweet and super thoughtful. Like, you know, we're at work, so we're not, like, you know, sitting at the cafeteria table really able to, like, talk to each other as much. But, like, every time we cross paths, whether it's, like, shooting a text message or on Instagram, like, you just she just checks in, makes sure we're still feeling comfortable. You know, this is a sold-out tour of hers. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You know, I want to know... What what do you do to to stick? And what are you doing that people are so obsessed? And she's just being authentically herself and just making music that feels true to her. And people just love authenticity. And, you know, it just helps me and encourages me to just, like, you know, stand more in my authenticity. Just how to preserve myself, my mental, and while on the road, because there's a lot of just variables happening you know singing is the easy part for most singers yeah and it's the offstage things that kind of like can tire you out or warp you so you know she's been on tours before and you know she's has more experience so she's always able to just give some advice or just give some insight or just empathize that she's gone through the same things as well which really does help yeah. You know, to just know that you're not alone in in these experiences. And it's really, like, helped me to, like, be a better leader, you know? I have so many people who are asking me questions now because they're seeing me on stage. And I realize, like, some of the questions they ask are questions that I ask or some of the things that they may be pre- projecting are the ways that I may project. So it kind of helps me to, like, kind of tone it down and just, like, regulate what kind of an example I want to yeah. set. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Shout out to Ari. <laughs> 100%. I mean, that, I think that authenticity is interesting, especially, like, bigger stages that you get on. And and I wonder, like, if you... How do you think about that? The And it, is there a difference between the Alex Vaughn that lives on stage and the Alex Vaughn that's off stage? Hmm. <clears throat> you know, crazy, crazy enough... I'm trying to figure out how to differentiate the two because they're very similar. <laughs> I will say when I get on stage, I'm probably my freest because I can't undo anything. I can't backspace. I can't recut. I can't. It's just you're just free. Like you just. I just go on airplane mode, and I think when I'm comfortable, it just makes other people comfortable, and we just vibe out. And I feel very in control and just very confident. And when I'm off stage, I'm I'm also confident. I'm just a sleepier version. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same. Like I love just connecting with people. I love I love exchanging energy. But I, I'd say the biggest difference is that I'd be sleepy when I get off stage. <laughs> That's all good. So to finish the interview. If you'd be so kind to introduce one of your own songs, it could be any song that you want. It can be new, it could be old, and just let us know kind of why you chose that song, what that song means, and then introduce it. Right, just one of the songs. The song that I like to introduce is a song of mine called Good Morning, featuring my sis, Ab Mojo. I put it out in 2017. It was probably like 
one of the first singles I put out. I had put out a project in 2015, but I wasn't really able to promote it the way I didn't know what I was doing in a nutshell. And this single is kind of a song that started like getting attention from people in my area. And the song's about just not giving up because there are great things on the other side and you discover new things and you get off the ground. And I feel like that is just a common theme in life <laughs> because you t things get tough and you do want to stop. But every time that you see a new day, you know it's an opportunity to do it a little bit better. And I like this song because I wrote it. And because it doesn't feel as like sad and mopey as the subject matter. And I think that's fun. And it's called Good Morning. So, and it's morning. So, like, good morning. What's up? It's your girl, Alex Vaughn, and you're about to hear my song, Good Morning, featuring Odd Mojo on Not 97. Feeling like the reminiscent blocking new beginnings. There's a, there's a bigger picture, like looking in the mirror. Starting to get clear, man. Already a winner. More like a zipper jam than a beat that needs to be released. Somebody passed me the sheets. I think I'm about to get deep on them. 
let me preach to him. You're here for a reason, so don't you think of leaving? Cause grieving is the smolder when you when you're passing near me. I hope you live more in the moment than what you appear to be. Stop living in a disguise, just open your eyes for all your wish you decide, even your pride. I even tried multiple times, I was denied. I just never gave up, just stop waiting on that reply. It's a brand new day, it's a brand new day So push the pain away, push the pain, push, push the pain away And it's gonna be okay, so we can sell 